I'm Natalie Ferris. I'm a story marketing strategist and director spots copywriter. And words create new realities. Hi, welcome to the Writer's Rotation Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Stamps. I love words and writing and people and talking. So I'm talking to people who write all kinds of things in different professions. It's a writer's rotation. Hi there. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good to see you. You too. Where are you? I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Where are you? Lexington, Kentucky. I'm a direct response copywriter and story marketing strategist. It's a mouthful. Excellent. Yeah. How did you get to be? I, how did I get to be that? I, you know, such a windy story, as I'm sure you've heard other writers, you know, I find writing is never a direct, maybe for some people it's a direct path. For me, it it was not. I have always loved storytelling. I wanted to be a novelist when I was a kid and you know, may still be one day. That's not my focus right now. But yeah, I've just always loved storytelling. I grew up outside of New York City and my parents would take me to this festival, like Hudson Valley, you know, cleanup festival every year. And there were, there was the storytelling grove there. And as a kid, I was just enthralled with, like, I would just go and sit there all day listening to these storytellers telling, you know, like Hindu myths and Celtic myths and Baba Yaga, you know, these like fairy tales, basically. So like an artist market, but with words. With words. Yeah. And there was an art, you know, there was stuff you could buy too, right? But it was like this grove of storytellers. So I, you know, as I grew up and, you know, there's like pressures of school and college and all this stuff, I kind of lost that creative story spark. And it wasn't until I started um, my business in 2014, I actually started as a life coach. I was just going to have like a life coaching business. And I, of course, tried to market myself to get clients. And I realized that one of the most powerful things that I could share in order to market myself and not feel sleazy or not feel like I was pushing myself on people was storytelling. And then I started moving forward with with that and it started working. And then I had other coaches coming to me saying like, I really struggle with marketing. How are you doing this? And so one thing, yeah, just kind of led to another. And now that's what I do. I help coaches and solopreneurs. There's so many people wanting to start their own businesses now. Anybody who really wants to kind of go out on their own, I help them clarify their story, what they're bringing to the world, to their clients, to the, to the marketplace. And then, you know, for, for more established clients, I'll also do their writing for them. I'll write their websites, I'll write their emails and help them sell sell their work with, with my writing. That's the long answer. <laughs> so writing copy for someone's website. Yeah. There's one thing on the about us page that I wish, I wish we had a law. (laughs) I wish that it said so-and-so is a blank who does blank, like somewhere very, very visible Yeah. instead of, oh, we love our clients and we're just so great and la-di-da-di-da. We're committed to blah-blah-blah. Yeah, totally. Yes. What do you do? That's what I want to know on 
websites that I stumble across. Yeah. So you help them do all of that. I think most of us have a hard time writing about ourselves in first person. We do for sure. Yeah. When it comes to that, it's such a common struggle and I find it I don't know if your listenership skews like one way or the other, but I also find women have a really hard time because we're conditioned to not toot our own horns or not brag or, you know, bigger than our britches. So uh, I find a lot of my, my female conditioned clients have a really hard time with that. And it's a really powerful process because I have them like, tell me everything, like, everything you've ever done, any challenge you've ever experienced, all your certifications, all your education, like everything you've ever done. And when you can have someone who mirrors that back to you, all the challenges that you've faced, everything you've overcome, people that you've helped, you know, it's so helpful to see it mirrored back to you. And all all the time, you know, I never thought of myself like that. Like, wow, you made me sound so good. You know, I have a new understanding of the value that I'm bringing to my business or what I want to do in the world because of my story and what I've experienced. And that is such a confidence builder. And it's so powerful, especially when you're getting started and you may not have a lot of success stories or testimonials or all this stuff, you know, but just the power of your story and what you've experienced can be so, so powerful. Yeah. So what about crafting your own story when you went out on your own? Was it hard? Was it challenging? Was it easy? It was hard. I struggled with the same thing until I connected that dot of like, oh, I can use my story. Once I connected that dot, I was like, oh, okay. I think because I've always thought of myself as a storyteller and my brain just works that way. Once I connected it with like, oh, I can just start telling sharing my stories. That part wasn't too hard. Obviously, I have imposter syndrome, just like any real writer, but you know. (laughs) Of course. I'm like, I just need a couple of more classes to learn about writing. Literally yesterday, I was like, maybe I'll take this course, you know, which great. We love lifelong learning. You know, there does come a point where you are enough, you know, you know enough and you can get started just with what you have. So I had a real block around putting myself out there. Like I was getting started. This was back in like, you know, 2013, 2014, like that Instagram hadn't taken off the way it has. Like no one really knew what a life coach was, at least in my world. And I was coming from a very type A corporate background. So there was a lot of like, you're doing what now? You know, my mom told me I was throwing away my career. It's just like, so that for me was the block. It was like, oh, like no one understands me or what I'm doing. And then when I connected that dot about storytelling, I was like, oh, I can just share my perspective and that'll be easier. What did you do in a previous life? What was your corporate? I was a communications consultant for the federal government, for the Department of Commerce. Okay. Among many other, like I lived in Washington, D.C., so it was like very D.C. focused jobs. Interesting. Yeah. But even then I was telling stories, you know, I was like, I was staffed on like a grants program. And so we had to write reports for Congress about where that money was going and what it was doing. And so even then, even though I hated it, it was still like storytelling, you know. Good experience. Yes. Yeah. And it's, um, it's who, what, when, where, why, and how. Yeah. Pretty simple. What'd you study in college? 
I actually studied international affairs. Again, I went to school in D.C. And so that was like, I thought I was going to study political science. And then my first semester, the only political science class I could get into was international politics. And so I took the international politics class, completely fell in love with it, switched my major. So actually, my very, very first job was with a humanitarian aid nonprofit that like worked all around the world doing like, you know, disaster relief and sanitation programs and all that stuff. Actually, I started as a communications intern my senior year, and then they hired me out of school. So I got to travel around to a couple of different countries and like interview our, they're called beneficiaries, which like isn't a great word, but interview stakeholders about their experience with the program. So even then, I was, you know, my whole career has been telling stories. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Do you remember anything specific from growing up at those storytelling grows? Was it like a cadence or just a feeling or suspense? Oh, that's such a good question. I remember just feeling enthralled. And these are master. I'm sure these people have been doing this doing what they do for years and years and years, right? So these are like really talented, practiced people. So just the way they were able to weave a world and that shared experience, you know, I know since COVID, there's been this resurgence of like live music and theater and this feeling of like, yeah, we're all humans having this human experience. I mean, we evolved, like this, telling stories around a campfire. There's like something very primal in our brains that gets activated. And so, yeah, as a kid, I was just like a gog. <laughs> this is magic. It feels magical. That is so cool. Yeah. And what about the actual writing? Do you, I'm sure you just think a lot. And then do you record voice messages to yourself? Do you handwrite? Do you type? How do you write? a great question. I love a voice note when I'm out for a walk or in the bathtub. You know, I love a voice note. I love journaling. Living in cities my whole life, I've never had like a ton of extra space. But now that I live in the suburbs, I have my own office and I painted one wall, just like a full whiteboard wall. So now I have like a giant whiteboard that I can mind map and get really big and messy. And so that's been such a luxury that feels like really good to have that. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> yeah so. Oh, that's amazing. Can you also put post-its on it? You can put post-its on it. Oh my God. There's different color markers. <gasps> yes. And it's really great. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. It's really, really fun. You know, I'm a big fan of a messy first draft. SFD and Lamont. Yes, we love her. Yeah. Just getting it all out on paper and then... That took me a long time to learn. Again, I think that like perfectionism from academia or, you know, what like feeling very boxed in. And so it's still sometimes a constant practice. Just be like, just get it out. And then it's like a puzzle, you know, you can like move things around or yeah, just see how it flows. Like, oh, sometimes this work, this line works better up here or um, yeah. 
So I figured out something pretty early on when I started writing magazine articles, and that was to have one document that I just, I used to call it whatever the topic was, underline shit. And then I just started calling it notes. <laughs> and I would just dump everything in one document. Totally. I call it my scratch pad. And at the bottom of any doc I'm working on, it's like the notes, like scratch area. I'll, I hate deleting anything. You might need it. I know. I've accidentally turned in um, articles and an editor said, what are all these paragraphs at the bottom? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. Delete, delete all those. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Are you blogging these days or have you? Yeah, I have blogged in the past. It's on my list for 2024. Been in kind of like a personal evolution lately. Like I have a new website with my married name. And so I haven't really been like keeping up with my own marketing. Ironically, I've been kind of just focusing on my clients. The cobbler's children have no shoes. Exactly. Have no shoes. I know it's rough. It's definitely on the list for 2024. And I do still think, you know, blogging is, is so valuable. I think it started in really big in O2. I don't think it's going away. I don't think it's going away. You know, the internet loves loves a trend. And the older I've gotten, <laughs> it's like everything comes back around. And the people who have just stuck it out, there's something to be said for consistency. Yes. And I was just thinking, as you're working with clients, I'm assuming on their social media also, things like that. That is such a cool journal, diary, catalog of events for any company or any person. Yeah, 100%. Especially when those memories come up every once in a while and you're like, oh, wait, I did. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I think it's really cool to do as I say, not as I do. I'm like, let me write your website, but don't look at mine right now. Exactly. But to just post things for your business. Hey, I'm doing this and this or, and it's, yeah, it's a little corporate, corporate log. Yeah, totally. Especially when like, when you're a solopreneur, right. And so you are your business. And so a lot of those events or, you know, people want to buy from people and connect with people. And so I have this conversation with my clients all the time. It's like, don't be afraid to share stuff that may feel more personal because that's what people want to connect with. Sure. Especially now. What about reading? Are you a reader? I'm a huge reader. My husband makes fun of me. Probably those days in the Story Grove. For a long time, I was just reading, you know, business or psychology, you know, like pop psychology books. But um, in 2019, I got really sick and was like, okay, got really sick for a couple months. And I was like, you know what? I just like no business, no, nothing work related. And I went back to my first love, which is fantasy novels. I don't know if you know Anne McCaffrey and the Dragon Riders of Pern. No, but I did just read Fourth Wing and I loved it. I listened to it on audiobook. Yes. And the new book. Yep. The sequel just came out. Yeah. So anything fantasy related. I love Brandon Sanderson. Fourth Wing is excellent. I love... Again, it's that storyteller in me. I love novels that you can really like sink your teeth into with multiple characters and multiple perspectives. And so you're experiencing the story from like lots of different angles. So yeah, I love it. I'm a huge nerd. That's so cool. And do you read books, Kindle, audiobooks? 
I'm a Kindle girl. I'm not so much an audiobook girl. I find that if I listen to it, like I just won't remember it. So I have to read it. But I know lots of people love audiobooks and that's like totally a thing. And it took me a while to come around to Kindle only, but I love my Kindle. And sometimes I'll buy, like, I'll buy the physical book too. If it's something that I know that I'll want to have, you know, like the heft, there's something to be said for that. What about rewriting your story? If you are a business owner oh my God. or just a person who's like, yeah, mm, yeah, let's, let's do something different. Let's rewrite this story. Aren't we always all rewriting our stories? You know? Yeah. I think there's something really valuable. I think again, that SFD mindset, you're always going to be evolving. You're always, especially in business, you know, the difference between your first year to the fifth year is so transformative. Like you're not the same person, you know, once you're talking to people and you're seeing how they're resonating with your story or how people are, are reacting to what you're offering or putting out there, like maybe this resonates more than that even though I thought that was going to be the thing but people really seem to like this so you're always iterating you're always getting feedback yeah like having an open mindset to rewrite your story and also like being open to pivot like what your story is now isn't what your story is gonna be later I mentioned you know after I got sick you know I actually wasn't offering copywriting services in my business up until that point but then I was like oh I really want to be a little bit more behind the scenes. I don't want to be out front of my business all the time. I could totally do this. Let me offer this as a service. So things, you know, evolve and change and, and that's okay. Like, that's great. And there's usually always a common thread. You know, you can find the thread. The through line. The through line. The golden thread is what I'm, <laughs> my teachers called it. Yeah. So, oh, cool. you know, you're always, always evolving. Who do you think is a good example of a small company or a large corporation that has a good story that has worked on it it's a really or that we could tell. Yeah. It's a really, good it's story. not something that the consumer or the client has to know. Right. Yeah. I think not to be a cliche, but something I saw from Apple, I think really demonstrates this really well. And this isn't so much about their overarching brand, although obviously they have a very powerful story. I recently saw on LinkedIn a video ad about their environmental sustainability report, and they had created this video. I think it was like three or four minutes. I saw it posted a couple times on LinkedIn, so I'm sure you can find it if you search, you know, Apple environment. And it was amazing. It's like a meeting with Mother Nature kind of was the premise. So like they had, oh my gosh, what's her name? Octavia. I don't want to get her name wrong. Actor or writer? She's an actress. Spencer. So it's like a video, video ad, but the story behind it was so great. So this meeting with Mother Nature and she's like grilling everybody in the meeting about what they're doing for product, how they're reducing plastic in their packaging, how they're using recycled aluminum, all this stuff. So they took something that could be really dry and like shoved in the bottom of a drawer, right? And they turned it into this like funny, poignant piece of marketing content that I thought it was just genius. That's very cool. Yep. And I always think of Nike. Yeah. A good story. The athlete and all of us, that kind of thing. Sarah Blakely from Spanx does it really well. Yeah. Something that I run into a lot 
is this feeling that, okay, like I, I know storytelling is valuable. I know it can do a lot for my business, but I don't really have anything to share. Like I haven't done anything important or I, what do I have to offer? And there's twofold, twofold answers to that, right? One is everyone has a story to share. It seems mundane or not special to you because you've lived it, but to someone else, that could be the thing, the light bulb that connects something that they wouldn't have thought of otherwise or sparks an insight that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And so I just always try to remember that. Like you never know how the other person is going to react to it or what it's going to do for them. And then the other thing, and this gets kind of existential, (laughs) I also find that sharing your story isn't really about marketing at all. It isn't for the other person at all. Ultimately, it's for you to recognize that you matter and that you have something to say in this world. And I think that's like the best gift you could ever give yourself. Mic drop. That was lovely. Yeah. I think it's like, again, for women, especially it's like, who am I? You know, you're the only you. Yeah. Story is grounding. It's so great. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It has plot, character, dialogue. Forward movement. Setting. You know who invented all those things? Aristotle. Yeah. Well, it was probably his sister or his girlfriend. That course I almost bought yesterday, they hooked me with like Aristotle's laws of persuasion, which I hadn't seen before. And I was like, that's so fun. And I think everybody... You know, especially now our brains are all so inundated all the time with so much, so many inputs. Oh, it's insane. What about the Susie Pesto stories? I'm sorry to send you on a rabbit hole, but on TikTok, are you on TikTok? I was, but I deleted it, but I will. <laughs> okay. I want a college class to study this phenomenon, S-U-S-I. She made this random post that said, call me crazy, but I don't like store-bought pesto. And she's chopping her garlic. Somebody stitched it and said, girl, that's crazy. But one time in seventh grade, and now hundreds of stories. About pesto? No, about crazy. Crazy things that have happened in their life. We've been in the ER. We've been in jail. We've been in bedrooms. We've Oh my God. And all the comments are like, never skip a Susie stitch. (laughs) And they will tell the most wildest, you know, I almost died. But girl, store-bought pesto, that's crazy. Wait, what's her last name? Susie what? I don't know. If you just go to TikTok and go Susie pesto. Oh, okay. Rabbit hole. You're welcome. Just clear the rest of my day. It's fine. A lot of the commenters are like, you're such a good storyteller. So it's just all about stuff. Yeah. We want to know our brains are like wired for it. And TikTok, I mean, that's why I had to delete it. I was just getting, I was wasting way too much time on TikTok. <laughs> it's, um, it's research for life. 100%. You know, you gotta keep up with the kids. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Natalie, this was so cool. I could talk to you for hours. I know. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Yay. I'm so excited for your podcast. Congratulations on doing something big and brave. Thank you. Have a lovely weekend. You too. Good luck. Okay. See ya. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Writer's Rotation. Like and subscribe for more. And remember, writing is a marketable skill. Smiling is a remarkable skill.